0: Hello, and welcome to Champion Casters, a podcast about heroes and craft, where we analyze the motifs and themes behind your favorite film and television heroes, and everything we say is in Comic Sans. I'm Joseph Tomlin. I'm Michael Ruiz. And welcome to the podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about Wanda from the MCU, Wanda Maximoff. We're going to be talking about her portrayal specifically at the end of the series of WandaVision. So if you haven't seen that, full spoilers. Also, we previously did an episode on Vision from WandaVision. You can go check that out. Uh, That is episode one. It's probably where you already saw it. And and as a note, we recorded our Vision episode halfway through the series. So some of our predictions may have been right, may have also been wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to go forward with the knowledge that we have now after finishing the series. So if you haven't caught up here's your spoiler warning now that we are beginning the episode michael let me ask you if you were in a television universe a television sitcom universe what show would you be in
1: you see i would it's easy to say malcolm in the middle because i think i just watched a lot of malcolm in the middle growing up uh Mm -hmm. but because it's particularly used a lot in this show I think I also watched a lot of that 70s show when I was a kid, too. Like, for mm-hmm. some reason, those two sitcoms in particular stand out to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than, like, kind of like the the Holy Trinity that was, on, that was on NPC of Community, The Office, and Parks to Rec were all playing at the exact same time. Which, just, can I say Community? Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I left the parameters pretty open, sure.
1: Yeah, I'll say Community community because we, you know we well, we did an episode on community a little while back just go listen to it uh but also that like that particularly hits us a particular touchstone in the uh, love of my life something i have a particular soft spot for so yeah i would say community just because it is about a bunch of weirdos doing a bunch of weird stuff while being informed of what it's like to live at a
0: community college <laughs> how about you well, I mean, you stole my answer, for, <laughs> so for the sake of variety on this podcast, I have to say something else now. Thanks, No, you Dick. could
1: say community. Um, <laughs> we
0: could just, bo- our answer could both be, because that means we're there together. That's true. That also falls along the trope of you and I would end up being Troy and Abed. Oh, gosh. Um, if I had to pick, like, a different, um, a different show I would want to be in, I watched a lot of My Wife and, uh, My Wife and Kids. Really? Yeah. I watched that a lot too when I was growing up. Mhm. Although I'm not sure if I would want to be in that universe. <laughs> just because you're just living you're just living in a nuclear family with a somewhat controlling father.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound um, like a good time.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll just stick with community. That's fine. Sorry <laughs> sorry sorry to bore you listener. I'm I'm I want to be in the show where I get to enact weird goofy nerdy antics every episode. Mm -hmm. in a different in in a different format that's that's something that i'd be really interested in
1: yeah and do so informed by the medium you're playing with right they know they do a lot with parody and which also feels kind of really uh weirdly connecting to wandavision because that's kind of what wandavision is too it's playing with all these different sitcom tropes and different formats as a result to kind of get towards what wanda in this series in particular is feeling right
0: Yes. Um for a good portion of the series WandaVision is using using uh classical television tropes maybe to make a commentary on Wanda's grief. It might not stick the landing though, but I think we'll get to no. that further in our episode. Um but speaking of Wanda, maybe we should provide a bit of background on her. Of course, go for it. Let's know about Wanda as she's defined the comics, Joe. Sure. Um so Wanda it was, at one point in time, the twin sister to the brother of Pietro Maximoff. They were the children of the mutant supervillain Magneto. If you're an X-Men fan, you would recognize him. Mm-hmm. Magneto was a sur- was a Jewish survivor of Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. And he... But it was... I, I forget the timeline, but either before or after he entered the camp, that's when he... Um, he had a relationship with a Romani woman, and then she gave birth to Wanda and Pietro. Wanda's powers have been loosely defined as chaos magic. Yes. Um, <laughs> it really can mean anything. And as time went on, um, you know, because comic books last decades, um, they're essentially long-form soap operas. And as, as time got on, Wanda's powers got more and more powerful and there were constantly these storylines where wanda's too powerful and she's going crazy whatever um
1: yeah lots of not good stuff in the comic books of just this this person has this kind of uncontrollable ability and they're going to cause lots of harm with it so they need to be removed from removed from their position solely based in like this weird just their. They're that amorphous, crazy, like whatever that means kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a strange sexist trope that's permeated throughout comic books, and it kind of repeated itself for a while with Wanda. But most notably, in the early 2000s, there was a comic book called House of M, Uh, M being Magneto. So in Magneto's household with his family. Uh, And at the end of that comic book, Wanda had decided that she didn't want any more mutants. Mm -hmm. No more mutants, people of her own kind. She wiped out millions of them. It's a complicated storyline. I just gave you the run. That's the general result of that uh, of that storyline, and there is some odd influence of that in this show, WandaVision. Now, getting into the um, the MCU's uh, characterization of Wanda, w- Wanda is not Jewish or Romani, notably, and instead she is from uh, a fictional Eastern European country called Sokovia.
2: And Mm -hmm. instead,
0: she volunteers for uh, the Nazi-affiliated Hydra organization as an experimental soldier, where they tap into her already existing power, hinting at the implication of a mutant, but not saying that. There's a lot of legal reasons as to um, why they didn't do that. Technically, at the time, Fox owned the rights to, to mutants, so Magneto isn't mentioned at all, and that's why... They had that initially um, mm-hmm. as her as her explanation. So that erased part of her Jewish heritage but they also erased part of her, her Romani heritage as well by creating Sokovia. It's yeah. not good um, and neither of us, Michael or I, are authorities on that matter um, but there have been quite a few articles and research uh, published about that so you should go check that out on your own time. Wanda in the MCU has her ambiguous chaos magic powers <laughs> and she kind of it it almost functions as it almost functions as psychic powers it's mm-hmm. it's telekinesis and um and tele uh telepathy she can read people's minds she can control people's minds she can move things but there's usually a red aura around them her character in the movies she um the the story that goes along with that is after she experimented with hydra she gained her powers her brother died trying to fight with superheroes so we didn't get uh, Quicksilver in the MCU and he was killed in the first in the movie he was introduced in. She then um, started a, a romance with Vision that kind of functioned as like not even a B plot, but like a C plot throughout most MCU movies.
1: Yeah, yeah, we briefly touched upon this in the in our Vision episode that their their whole plotline is kind of it's weirdly strewn about and yet it's also meant to carry a lot of weight. For a lot of time. Like that is a huge part of the the multi-storyline arc that is Infinity War of Wanda and Vision together and their their love being the the conflict of that plot. Mm-hmm. And we're we're like meant to be invested in them. Even like I think I think intentionally we're meant to be invested by them by the beginning of this series, right? We're meant to already believe their relationship is a full-blown relationship.
0: Yeah, but I think you could probably tell from the way that Michael and I are talking we don't quite buy it. <laughs> um but I mean actually I didn't buy it walking into this series. By the end of the series, I felt it. Mhm. Agreed. But um that is uh we'll get to that in a little bit. So after Vision dies in Infinity War cuz he has a mind uh he has the mind stone, one of the infinity stones in his skull. It's ripped out by Thanos thus making his robot body uh lifeless. Mm-hmm. W- Wanda um is undergoing a lot of grief. And yeah. she um she goes to a a neighborhood in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. In a moment of grief she like creates this world within this town that replicates the sitcom, that replicates 50 sitcoms. And then as we watch WandaVision and the show and that the show WandaVision and how that plays out each episode progresses in decades um Mm -hmm. it is it is an interesting way that they're trying to
1: kind of refocus the attention of uh, you know you know Wanda's lost control to you know Wanda is grieving like this Mm -hmm. this whole world was born from her grief from her sadness and she can't control it as a result Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is, like, a very good, uh, like, we already already did the spoiler warning, so when she, like, kind of, like, puts her hands around her neck is a very good way of just showing how grief can feel both suffocating, not only in the physical act of crying itself kind of, like, restricts your airways, but also it can feel that way. And as a result, it kind of starts choking everybody around her. And it's, I don't think we're in conversation enough with what that grief is, which is, I think, like, the big thing coming away uh, from this series about How are we contextualizing what Wanda said about what Wanda said that she lost this kind of like this life, right? This, this, this nuclear life of two kids and her husband and a dog. They had the whole plot of land filled out already. They were supposed to have this, but now they don't. And that's kind of the, that being the catalyst for this whole series, right? That is what grief has contextualized as far as we go. Uh, What are your, what are your
0: thoughts on that, Joe? oh gosh there's a lot to unpack i was most curious about the question of why does wanda want this like why does wanda want uh, a nuclear life mm-hmm. And it isn't until the second to last episode in the series which i would criticize um as like maybe they should have revealed this earlier but where we learned that wanda's desire to have a nuclear family and to live the life that she a white suburban sitcom Because when she was in Sokovia, while there was a war going on and while she was, while there were traumatic events going on outside, she found comfort and familiarity and security watching these types of shows with her family before they died, before her parents died and it was left to just her and her brother. Which to me says something interesting about, because at this point in time, we realize that Wanda is supposed to be our viewpoint character. Yes. Um, It's a little confusing because the, because the show structures itself as a mystery box of sorts. I felt like I was grasping for a perspective character. Is it supposed to be Monica? Is it supposed to be Vision? Or is it supposed to be Wanda? And until the end of the series, oh, it's you realize it's supposed to be Wanda. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, we're supposed to be attached to a character that is processing grief. That is ultimately, like that is the story they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. So how, how does comfort... Through a sitcom, help you process grief? It doesn't. Mm
2: -hmm. Watching
0: TV doesn't help you process grief, Mm -hmm. actually. Um, It's supposed to be a numbing agent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, when Wanda is creating this reality and interacting with it, she's trying to hide the fact that she is still mourning Vision's death. Mm -hmm. And mourning Vision's death while still not entirely mourning her brother and still feeling some trauma from the loss of her parents. I don't know about you, Michael, but I subscribe to the theory that when you're trying to overcome grief, grief is something that only you yourself can fully, like, actually, like, process and realize. Nobody else is going to realize that for you. However, Mm -hmm. you need other people to get you through that process. You come up with the realization other people help you through that. You You need a community. And Wanda, in a strange sense, actually made a community. Mm-hmm. in this show she she made a community of her own design that we are seeing before she, before she touched it, it's actually kind of a suffering community Wanda comes in, takes it over with this nostalgic sense of uh, sitcoms and that doesn't actually solve the problem
1: no, I think there's something clever about that, you know, because it's I know this line is getting memed on uh, by people who just kind of like to uh, hate, which, you know whatever people people can like it people can feel whatever they want about it but i think that moment with vision where he kind of comes in you know what is grief if love uh not persevering It is kind of doing like you say where vision comes in he sees wanda kind of distancing herself by she's because she's watching uh, an episode of a sitcom and then he kind of brings her back to reality to kind of help her kind of process some of that a little bit and i think that that's all that's all well and good and i think that that's definitely true I guess the thing that I'm wishing that they focused more on was the collective things that have happened to Wanda. Like, a bad string of events happens in a row to her, and they don't seem to stress, like, other members of the... Like, maybe they just can't use this footage, and naturally getting, you know, actors there is also just harder, which is harder than doing a comic book. Naturally, Tony's death doesn't mean anything to me, but... You know, I can see how Tony Stark would... Her death, his death, would complicate something in her life. Steve Rogers leaving would complicate something in her life as he's kind of like a pseudo-authority figure for her. Or some type of... uh, Like, he has a moment with her in Infinity War after... Not Infinity War. Civil War. When she makes, like, her big blunder, which they reference in that... In that, uh... In the show. And he's gone now. So she's truly lost her support network. And... I don't know, I guess part of, you know, part of my version of The Imagine Grief is that it's also not having people or people kind of neglecting or being absent to protect her, which is also Mm -hmm. why that final scene in uh, Endgame with Hawkeye feels weird, because Hawkeye is, like, trying to be this supportive figure that he's been once or twice before. Hawkeye sucks, you know, (laughs) Jeremy Renner sucks, and so does Hawkeye, I, you know, I i don't know people who are going to defend hawkeye but like he's he's explicitly trying to be a figure and they could play with the fact that he's not there anymore and like that's another thing but it all kind of hits that catalyst of when she goes to recover vision's body and he's being remade and it's just the you know the fucking uh mr Fuckface, who's just like oh that's just the thing he is not yours anymore and then he just kind of uh that's kind of the catalyst of it of her going to the their plot of land and releasing kind of her grief i i guess it just i wish there was just more of emphasis on that of like this this person who's very clearly hurting also has numerous people who in her current support group would also be there to support her because like pietro makes sense but also pietro was like such a non character you know he only existed in one movie and they did their best to kind of put him in perspective to her now but it's not really there it's not really the connections we've been seeing Wanda make over the course of this whole uh, MCU timeline, which the series is very much in conversation with, you know? Yeah. Least of which is the fact that, like, Wanda also is... How old is Wanda in the MCU? Oh, gosh. Like, because Elizabeth Olsen is, like, 32 or something like that.
0: And but... I wouldn't be surprised if Wanda is supposed to be 23.
1: Exactly. Like, I... she's also mm-hmm. contextualized as a kid or was like not a kid but like you know you're an adult when you're 22
0: but younger she's younger in relationship to all the other characters yes
1: so i don't know i feel like they could they could go a little bit harder on on like the people around her but that might force them to be kind of critical of our of our old heroes which doesn't seem like the mcu is ready to do yet
0: no, the closest thing we ever got to criticism kind of was Iron Man, but mm-hmm. any time they like introduce a storyline or a plot point or a line in which Iron Man is being criticized, he says or does something where he looks or sounds like a badass and whatever. Um, yeah. I forget all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only time Iron Man has like genuinely I think genuinely been criticized was at the beginning of Endgame. Um mm-hmm. But but that all being said, this is not an episode about Iron Man. This is an episode about Wanda. Yeah. And to your point about wishing that there were other characters to function as a support system, or if the show referenced that, hey, she had a support system and they're failing her. I think the show, like I said, she constructs a commu- She actually constructs a community, right? But mm-hmm. it's a community of people who are giving into her, her tendencies to numb that pain, right? Mm-hmm. The only characters who kind of see through that... The three characters we get who see through that... Are... Monica. Monica Ramba. Mm-hmm. We have Agatha. Agatha Harkness. And... The Vision. The Vision she constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, who we learn is... All of her sadness, love, and hope... Combined into one being. And I thought that scene was cute. But... Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, totally. But... These, these three characters... Essentially, function as her support group mm-hmm. for better and for worse. I see the vision being that friend who's too close to the situation to really see outside of it. He he, you know, he loves her relentlessly and mm-hmm. just supports her no matter what. Um, yeah. But he's 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 deep in the woods. He can't see the forest through the trees.
1: Yeah, he's he's well. He's also literally constructed of her, so he has <laughs> all of her similar. Uh... It's like he's not vision, right? Yeah. He's only what Wanda could imagine him to be.
0: Yes. Her her basically hopes and dreams for her life with Vision um, hmm. had he survived. And then you have Monica, who is a sense of a, a person outside the situation who can empathize. Yeah. Monica, in the way she is set up at the beginning of the series, I'm like, it seems like Monica is the solution to Wanda's grief. Mm hmm like someone from the outside who understands the situation and can come in and, and talk sense. Yeah. And that's kind of shoved aside towards the end of the series Mm -hmm. in favor of Agatha Harkness, who is someone who sees the quote unquote cold, hard truth. Like this is what's actually happening. It's like that one person in your life who, who tells it like it is, but is actually being more harmful than good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, it's like actually you're just kind of an asshole but yeah that's kind of what agatha harkness comes across to me as is like you have these powers you're the scarlet witch she tells wanda that this is it this is what you need to do and and this and this is a shitty thing to do Mm -hmm. but this is what needs to get done and that isn't quite healthy no as you see um as we see in the final episode she accidentally chokes all the people in the town yeah um in that process um yeah it's a good it's like and also like the idea of her kind of
1: like this is such a basic superhero or supervillain stuff where it's like oh i want your power you know i want your you know i want your speed (laughs) (laughs) but i do think that like on the, the the bare minimum of this person's kind of like stoking your grief to kind of make you feel worse about it I think your analysis is completely right, Joe, because that's exactly what she's doing to Wanda. She's making her kind of like throw her power around so that she can become stronger. Does that make any sense? No, not really, but it sure works for an action set piece. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> of of Catherine literally just taking in all of her thing and like absorbing her, leaving her only with her grief in the end. In terms of MCU villains, she's on the she's on the upper tier, but you know, that's a that bar is on the ground. That bar's touched the core of the earth, like <laughs> You know there's 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 killmonger right at the top there's vulture a few a few below and i think actually i would go ahead and put uh, agatha right alongside vulture in just that do their motivations do they really make sense not really but they sure work for the hero in this case and for wanda uh you know if your villain makes sense to be antagonizing hero in some way you've already made a better villain than most of the villains in the
0: mcu I don't know what you're talking about. I think Whiplash deserves to be up get there. out of here. Get In, out of here. Uh, an MC of villains. God.
1: <laughs> he wants his bird. All he wants is a bird. All he wants is a bird. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Uh, who is your third person? Monica.
0: Monica is a character who mm-hmm. functions mostly as. The voice of reason in the room, someone who can ep- empathize with grief and loss mm-hmm. um, and understands the motivations for why um, Wanda did what she did mm-hmm. and also understands like Wanda is a person with superpowers and she's young and she doesn't have control over them. You can't blame her. She didn't want to choke people. She didn't think that she she didn't think that these people were actually trapped in their minds mm-hmm. witnessing it she thought that they genuinely felt that way uh my mind control logic aside um, <laughs> that still isn't a good conclusion to come to but <laughs> still it's like her intentions aren't um aren't malicious mm-hmm.
1: their their final beat together does make a lot of sense i mean we're gonna get to i don't want to this episode isn't about monica rambo we could talk about how that finale really sidelines her after she becomes and does her big superhero wing that ultimately amounts to very little ultimately amounts to a boner joke like uh, uh what her final moment with wanda to be like hey you know if i were in your position i would have done the same fucking thing and that's and i think that that is getting at that once again Kind of what we're talking about, like the external values, the external forces that kind of f- force someone into their negative circumstances will always be more important than the individual action, which feels like we're scratching on the right thing. It's just we're not in conversation enough to quite earn that. But I do think it, it is a good line for those two characters to share and Wanda to kind of like leave to kind of like leave off on understanding that and still wrestling with the fact of what she did because ultimately it it, the series is asking wanda to feel some type of remorse at the end of
0: it and i think she does she Mm -hmm. coincidentally goes off to the the location where tony was tony was laid to rest they they had their funeral for his his little metal heart thing Mm -hmm. she went off to the to the cabin in the woods and she's shown to be using her powers but she's also using her powers to like to like sit and mourn with her grief and Mm -hmm. have that which is good um i guess my hope for the my my desire for the show is i wish we had more time with monica at the end yeah the the episode was something like in total time including your extra long credits it was like 47 minutes they could have made it to a flat hour adding more time with monica but that's that's my personal uh, my personal opinion.
1: But Joe, we needed twenty five minutes of a very boring fight scene.
0: <laughs> okay, you didn't like the action sequences between um, Wanda and and Agatha and Vision and Vision, right? Yeah, I, I <laughs> between was, double one,
1: Vision twenty twenty Vision.
0: Yeah. Oh God. Um, I don't want twenty twenty Vision anymore. I want twenty twenty <laughs> gone. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I thought it was fine. You know, it's kind of hard to to think of vision action sequences. He's a robot who can shoot a beam out of his head. He's super strong. He's kind of fast. And he can phase through things. Mm-hmm. It's like his powers don't have a very um, specific, unique visual flair. When they were fighting and they like threw their hands into each other, like phased their hands into each other to throw and grapple each other. I thought that was fun. When Agatha and and wanda were fighting yeah that i i wish agatha personally had a more distinctive power set and Mm -hmm. more distinctive visual flair i didn't mind wanda not being so creative because i imagine her at this point in time being one very exhausted and two she's in this status where she's learning about different aspects of her powers she's Mm -hmm. not She's not just a person who has chaos magic and tricks. She is this eth- ethereal scarlet witch. Um, it's kind of a chosen one narrative, and I think we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, like I, I kind of gave like Wanda a pass for just shooting blue balls and and phasing around and mind controlling things. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't mind that for where her character is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. But I will say it was a bit long.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's fine. I think I think the final bit of just Agatha just kind of like absorbing all of her energy didn't have to be as long as it was. And I I, I agree that I don't think it's any fault of Wanda's characterization or Wanda's character. I think this is one hundred percent just, just on the this show became what a Marvel movie is and it has a fight final fight scene that kind of goes on a little bit too long because the action. I guess depending on which movie you're watching, the action choreography is only it can real go it could be real hit or miss you know there's a reason why i like the lesser powered heroes because this isn't just unique to wanda i think the same thing about iron man i think the same thing about relatively i even think the same thing about uh thor like ragnarok is the one exception because they thought of like yeah what are you the god of You're the god of a uh, fucking uh thunder so like use fucking lightning <laughs> But the and the, and the reason why I find uh, Captain America's fight scenes so much more fun is because they just do fun martial art stuff with the shield. But when Tony's are just kind of beam battles, it's just, I don't know, it loses its flair after a while. And I just wish that there was something a little bit more interesting going on than just kind of throwing uh, ethereal balls at one another. This narrative stakes are there enough, but it does, I think, just means that those narrative stra- stakes are enough to... Matched that choreography for long enough, and how do you work with a power set as ethereal and amorphous as Wanda's? I don't know, but I don't know if it was quite this. It could have just it it. What I'm really watching because I just wanted more time with feelings, less time with fighting. Mm-hmm. Maybe it means more time for Monica, uh, Monica and Wanda, more time for just Wanda to be doing what she's doing at the end of the show of just reading her her Darkhold book. And this is the MCU template as it just stands we like superheroes because they have cool fun powers and but even those if they don't expand on those for long enough those will start to look boring after a certain amount of time you know it's it's why watching spider-man versus doc ock is really interesting is because you're watching two uh, theoretically eight-legged creatures fight each other and sometimes it can be bad and sometimes it can look really cool it can look like a spider is fighting an octopus uh, it just all depends on just it all depends on the choreography of it but can I just also just complain? They, like, dead-ass uh, talked about the ship of Theseus with, with, with Vision. And I was yep. like, are you serious? What are we in, like, <laughs> Philosophy 101? Like, <laughs> you could yes. have gone with so many better metaphors. You could have stressed the fact that you're, like, a computer and your, like, hardware's moving. And just, like, the system of your of your memory is not the same. But also, it's still out there. We have the cloud, Like, what is the cloud? We have so many different variations, but we're sticking with this one?
0: (laughs) I'm not sure if we mentioned this enough in our previous episode about the vision, but... Yeah, he loves this about his philosophy. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's very... They kind of use the android metaphor as a means to talk about the human condition a bit. It makes makes for some fun dialogue. Not everybody's taken a philosophy 101 class.
1: That's true. It just feels reductive to even what vision is. And, like, Mm -hmm. what that confrontation could be about this battle of the self. And even Hex Vision, which I've seen people uh, generally refer to himself as, recognizing himself as being kind of of Wanda, there could be a conversation there, too, about, like, technically your vision, but you've lost, but I'm, you know, I'm the vision that exists for Wanda, and you don't currently have that. Like, that could have been a cool, like, starry, sit-down, like, floating meeting that they do, which is, which could have been once again putting the emphasis back on the grief that wanda's feeling and the kind of the grief that perseveres throughout this whole show but no we're just we're just talking about talking about planks
0: yeah i guess that is another good point wanda did not have to deal with the physical body of vision that much Mm -hmm. he grabbed her head and tried to smush it once um Mm. which i thought was kind of silly but hey we're at a tv show i'm okay with it it's fine, but yeah, w- there is still a part of that grief that she is going to inevitably have to process. And in, t- in typical MCU fashion, they're going to replay the plot points. They're going to replay the character beats for the next five years. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, having having White Vision go away, I think I think I would have preferred there was a conversation with her with between White Vision and Wanda uh, after white vision leaves hex vision
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and not to say that wanda's also ultimate like uno reverse card on agatha isn't good like like wanda no use agatha in terms of like you thought you thought (laughs) you thought i didn't know how to use runes but i do (laughs) which is that see that's the type of shit i'm here for that's that type <laughs> of like yeah i'm just gonna I'm just gonna try this, and because she's just as powerful as she could be, why not? you know, I was never convinced Wanda was going to lose, so you know, watching that type of fun creative stuff, I wish we got more of that unless of just kind of like them knocking each other back, but if we're gonna be talking about complaining about uh, if we're gonna be complaining about uh fight stuff, then it's just we could we'd have to open up that to the whole m c u in general, and I don't want to keep that too much on this because. We've been talking about Wanda and kind of like how this final depicts her. And I'm curious to finally kind of get towards that ending of her reading the Darkhold book. Yeah. This kind of leaves Wanda in an interesting place. I, I truly, which do you think that they would commit to making Wanda the villain after all of this?
0: No. The MCU and the way that it functions is they want heroes to sell products. Mm hmm. Mar- Marvel Comics is the same way. The very first crossover event that ever occurred in Marvel Comics was Secret Wars. And it was a means to sell a black Spider-Man costume that had a white spider on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we now know that it's a Venom costume the Venom symbiote. And now they are currently involved in a new Marvel crossover where the king of the Venom symbiotes called the King in Black is trying to take over the world. See, <laughs> the MCU functions the same way as marvel comics in that like the these the reason why characters change costumes so frequently is so they can get new outfits to sell toys those toy deals are pretty lucrative i don't think they're gonna commit to making wanda a villain because they want her to be a hero Mm
2: -hmm.
0: because heroes probably sell more than villains unless you're darth vader unless you're megatron uh and even then i don't think that's true starscream is more popular than megatron but that's that's a different that's a different thing
1: Get into a different um, canon there.
0: Completely different canon. <laughs> I'm going to start sounding like that, that Parks and Rec bit with um, um, with Pat Oswald where he's combining all the different nerdy universes. And, he's like, <laughs> and the X-Men come in, and they save Luke Skywalker. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but anyway, back to Wanda. No, I don't think they're going to... I think what we witnessed in this series was Wanda's um, closest stit to villainy. Mm -hmm. That We perceive it as villainy, but it actually isn't. I think Wanda as an anti-hero is more likely. Mm -hmm. Wanda as an individual, it seems like right now to me, her motivations are wrapped around her family. And -hmm. this desire to want to have a family and to settle down. Being a hero, I think, is secondary to that Mm
2: -hmm. for her.
0: I see her as an anti-hero now like a traditionally defined anti-hero not like the punisher where he murders people (laughs) Um. (laughs) what about you
1: i agree i also think that that sounds right uh i will also say too that because we haven't talked about this maybe we'll move this a little towards the end that outfit does look cool like you know to sell toys in scarlet witch looks fucking cool at the end of that series at the end of the series uh, I do wish the color, the costume was a little more vibrant, but it does have that MCU aesthetic, and you could not like that, and that's totally fine. And I wish the colors just popped a bit more, but I think that like it looks of it looks like a new version of her old costume, as it just kind of has the crown, and has the cape, and it has the color. Like it looks cool when she when she kind of showed up and she rolled out with it. I was like, you know, damn, you look you look cool, Wanda. That's 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 a look right there. But in terms of her villainy or heroism, I don't know. Part of me would love to it's like part of me would love for them to play with it just because it's like any good villain, right? Maybe it's because I want Wanda to be a Magneto character <laughs> or it's oh like a, a a character that's a villain, but like over time everyone's just like, "Okay, but now we're just figuring out Magneto was right." <laughs> <laughs> and so part of me maybe that's really what i'm hoping for is i want wanda to have a similar role because it's like yeah of course it, this is all in the the realm of fiction anyway that it just makes her a more complicated and complex character and which naturally to me uh she'll always be a hero even if she's in somewhat of an antagonist uh antagonistic role to whoever her counterpart is <laughs> at least i hope that they won't ever make her like full-blown mustache twirling, you know, kind of what happens to Scarlet Witch in the comic books, which we talked about at the top of this, just, oh, she's going wild and she's just destroying things for the sake because she's just, you know, gone bananas kind of thing (laughs) that I I don't think is interesting. It just takes away the depth. They've done a lot of good work to kind of make Wanda's uh, sadness feel real and that just puts her in a more interesting place. Maybe you're right. Maybe antihero is just kind of the way to go where she'll just kind of be someone who's just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going and just dicking around in the fucking multiverse. I'm just gonna go do my own thing. I'm gonna get my own kids, my other kids from a different world.
0: Yeah. Well, she's probably, yeah, I guess that's like an interesting theory, an interesting thing to think about. Uh, do you think Billy, that's actually Billy and Tommy from our universe. That's calling for help. Or does she, does she happen to hear them in a different universe? and they're calling out to a different wanda see this is one of those weird things is do you think they'll
1: commit to the whole like in the comic book scarlet witch is like a i always forget the word for it it's like the prime person that like is the same person across all uh multiverses
0: yeah there are a few people who are like that
1: yeah like mm-hmm. do you do we think Wanda's going to be the same thing is she legitimately going to kidnap her kids from a different wanda what is more interesting i don't know do I just want her to have her kids back?
0: Kinda. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like Tommy and Billy. I was I was genuinely sad to to in that scene when Wanda had to say goodbye to them. Yeah, that that was really heart wrenching, and, and yeah. an interesting uh, choice of dialogue where she says, "Thank you for letting me be your mom." Mm-hmm. It kind of when she says that that line of dialogue that kind of leads to the implication that she she isn't controlling them and she's conscious of that
1: mm-hmm yeah there's there's something there right there's something <laughs> here and because it's like the vision the vision even the hex vision has some degree of sentience that's outside of wanda and maybe that's what they're really just stressing that she'll literally just be able to create them and mm-hmm. give them because the fucking wanda's a reality buster right in the comics she's a reality buster why not embrace the same thing this is, this is like the Jean Grey school of thought of, of you are so powerful and the only thing that prevents you from doing the things you can do are people who just refuse to trust you. And that is a really interesting kind of character thing. It's a good bit of characterization that just this kind of being with this kind of ethereal powers is prevented by other people and that type of conflict is really what causes them to break bad. And therefore makes them more sympathetic. And I think that like that's kinda of what I was saying, where it's like I wish there was more of other people kind of failing Wanda in that way. Uh other than just kind of uh, you know, fuckface of the uh of sword.
0: Yeah, fuckface. Uh Woodward, Hayward. 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 I was like, I don't Hayward. remember his name. I don't guy remember lo- his name. The guy that looks like a PTA dad. He's just the white guy who's in charge of the military, who's the bad military, but don't worry, we got the good military to come in. Stop uh, us from the bad military. Oh boy.
1: Thank goodness we have Randall Park and the FBI to save everything in the end. Hey, I love Randall Park. I love Randall Park too. I just hate the FBI. <laughs> Believe me, when I saw Randall Park pull up for the first time, I was like, oh let's go!
0: <laughs> he can do He's, the magic trick? He
1: can do the magic
0: trick. <laughs> he says flourish. Mm-hmm. That's a fun little reference at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Did you hear um, that somebody is uh, pitching a script to the MCU um, where Randall Park is the lead in a series?
1: I have heard that. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's going to be like an X-Files type show where he Mm -hmm. where he uh, investigates different kinds of isms. To me, that sounds like a Twin Peaks a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know? Anyway, that sounds cool. But that's not related to Wanda. We're talking about Wanda.
1: There is a characterization of, like, people need to trust you, which Wanda kind of hits a lot of those beats of being someone very powerful. Naturally, there is a feminist lens to it as well. There's also one about youth and all these different things that could kind of compound that could be there. And that's why I'm most curious. And that's why, like, I don't hate the idea of her still being this kind of reality buster. You know, at least of which that her being a reality buster is what really gave this series the kind of loving touch that really made me kind of get hooked into it. Like, the sitcom stuff at the beginning of the series, like, those first two opening episodes, they were fun. Like, I know some people didn't like them, but, like, the just sitcom with a tinge of, like, clearly something's not right here was really interesting. And it was cute, and it was, like, it felt like it was playing with the format a lot. You know, then episode four had to come around and fuck it all
0: up. (laughs) Yeah. the 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 show overall had some struggles with its structure it had a really great concept and a good start if we wanted to maintain the parody structure a little bit more we probably should have somehow found a way to intersperse those uh those backstory moments with wanda so Mm -hmm. you know how the eighth episode we go through a you know revisionist history of wanda
2: hmm
0: <laughs> that's basically what it is like mm-hmm. i wish episode eight wasn't that i wish episode i wish all those moments where wanda goes back through her past were somehow like mentioned beforehand
1: yeah. yeah exposition dump is still exposition dump even if it's told in a really interesting way even if it's Catherine Hahn giving 100% to that performance doing a great job it's still an exposition dump.
0: I I mean like that scene could have been in episode 8 just like it shouldn't have been the whole episode it could have been like half the episode mm-hmm. where Catherine Hahn does her thing we get I don't know more of Monica yeah we see Monica try to reach through to Wanda Um. by the end of the episode. I don't know maybe that would have satisfied me and the way that I see the themes moving forward in this in the series but overall like the way in which they've managed to kind of recharacterize Wanda um is pretty good cuz before yeah. the series Michael what did you think of Wanda Maximoff
1: I mean it it was mostly just informed by her comic book uh iteration she's just she's kind of just a, I always just read her as like a sad young adult you know she's just mm-hmm. She's sad because lots of bad things have happened to her. But I think to use, to borrow a term you commonly use, she's still a very reactive character. She's not a very active one. And so it just means she gets pigeonholed into wherever the plot wants her to go. Which, you Mm -hmm. know, naturally feels, naturally after all of this, feels failing of Elizabeth Olsen and her range and what she could have been doing this entire time. (laughs) The, the uh, the,
0: the, The complicated and problematic aspect of Wanda's character aside um like the way in which the mcu characterize characterizes wanda and her history um yeah i think i think all that aside elizabeth olsen does a good job acting as wanda the scenes i i really like the way in which she shows her love and affection for vision mm-hmm. i genuine like it, it's because of elizabeth olsen's acting i was able to buy that
1: yes and also because of the sitcom format, too, allows like those type of tender moments. You know, we, we've talked about this before where sitcoms, one, comedy ages like milk. It's just most time comedies suck. And the comedy, when you look back on that, you'll find yourself cringing at least generally once per episode. But the reason why most people kind of come back to sitcoms is because like Wanda does, they're very comfortable and they're very heartwarming. Where bad things, don't, bad things might happen, but they'll ultimately stay together because of generally some type of American value of family at the end of it and i think whether it be parks rec or community or the office for several people the jokes might not always land but you stay back because you like the characters and you like the dynamics that happen and i think that that's exactly what the series does too because they're they're seen when they're walking towards the house with uh tommy and billy and vision and wander holding hands it does feel like the end of a sitcom where it kind of closes out on this family. It's clearly not the end of their story. It's just end of our audience's time with them. There is that... It hits that perfect bittersweetness to it. And when... in a, Like you said, when when she says goodbye to, to Hex Vision, He says, uh... Was it so long, darling? Yeah. It's very sweet. As Wanda herself, I kind of have to say goodbye to it all, too. And kind of have to go, you know, in the same way that it feels like to finish watching a show. Be like, okay... Now it's just 8 o'clock p.m. on a Tuesday, and I'm in my feelings. It hits, it hits that. It uses, I think, the sitcom for what it could be good for, which is building that type of warm connection between characters, which is really good. And just, you know, once again, like, we, we can't say it enough. Elizabeth Olsen's really good at hitting those type of tender moments and that intimacy between the two of them.
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> So overall, yeah, we're, we're Final down thoughts, here. yeah, final thoughts on Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch of the MCU, uh, as our champion. Do you think that they do a good job of, with her as a hero?
1: Yes, for the most part, I think so. Like I said, we, we, I never want to make any of my complaints sound like I'm complaining about her, uh, and like the te- the the attempts towards giving her a more layered, giving her more layers or dimensions. It's just things like we've already talked about of just the structure of the whole show itself, the problems that are largely more of the MCU rather than the character, but naturally as a result, they kind of reflect onto her. And this is pretty good. This is a pretty good series. It maybe didn't stick the landing that much, but overall, I think that there are some really good episodes here. This is definitely one of the better MCU properties as a result, and I think Wanda is the reason for it wanda as a character does feel like she gets fleshed out a lot here the depth makes sense it makes me more sympathetic towards her it makes me feel like all of the you know me me continuously being like scarlet witch is cool over the years makes more sense (laughs) i feel validated in in my in my continuous love for scarlet witch so yeah definitely a solid uh champion in my book what about you this
0: show kind of solidified that for me I, if you had told me, do you think do you think Wanda Maximoff is a good hero based off of the MCU before this show? I don't think we'd have an episode here. <laughs> no. Do, I mean, like it's not that like there isn't enough to go off of for her. Like you had mentioned earlier in the episode, she kind of just comes across as an angsty teen, and now she's just and then a young adult in love, and now it is a young adult experiencing grief and learning to reckon with that and 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 i think that that's an interesting story does it occasionally dip into the tropes of um uh, a woman out of control uh yeah and that's shitty (laughs) but but i think they 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 tried to do their best to to make this be about her past experiences and show like this is not something she's maliciously trying to do Mm -hmm. we really do empathize and and humanize her um because i think part part of that problem is part of the problem with that trope i mentioned is that you're dehumanizing a person Mm -hmm. so yeah overall i i think the show is pretty good i think wanda is a hero is is, or in my interpretation now as an anti-hero is it is compelling enough for me to want to watch whatever the next series is with her mhm if we have wandavision 2 um or if we have or uh, you know if the sequel is technically doctor strange in the multiverse of madness i don't know we'll we'll see but yeah i'm here for for mcu's wanda
1: yeah yeah i i just hope it it all i hope it really just inspires more experimental type of storytelling like this and for them to go even harder with it i i i know people will not like not everyone will be a fan of it but goddamn like once again those first two episodes were so good they were so much fun and i hope they just continue to play with more stuff like that you know because i do think that that's uh where characters like this can really exist at their best
0: yeah it it is overall a good show
1: <laughs> who would have thought endings were hard Ask J.J. Abrams <laughs> He'll Ew. tell you how hard they are You know what, this is better than Rise of Skywalker That's for sure
0: Our our gimmick for our podcast is um, uh, you, a- you wait an hour to somewhere Find one of us <laughs> dunking on Rise of Skywalker <laughs> For all you long term the- hardcore fans Who are listening to us, you, you'll find <laughs> it Somewhere in each episode, <laughs> we're gonna do it you would
1: you would think if we ever did an episode on it we would somewhere down the line we feel catharsis no i don't know it's not done i'm still sad (laughs) i was (laughs) slighted yeah that fucking movie uh also really talented people in struggling with a structure that doesn't allow them to be as talented as they want to be well Thank you much for very much for listening, everyone. This has been a fun decompressing after Joe and I both watched this episode
0: and we were like, we have so many thoughts. <laughs> uh hope they came across to it. I I hope they made sense to you.
1: Yeah, I, I sure hope so. Yeah, we'll just sit there just making absolutely no sense for, you know, fifty to fifty five minutes. Isn't that what podcasting is? Yeah. Yeah. What was
0: what was what was your uh vision meme for podcasting? Oh, um, what is podcasting, if not conversations, persevering?
1: (laughs) I think that's all that needs to be said about that. Yep. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will talk to you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, thank you for listening to another episode of Champion Casters. You can rate and review us on
0: Apple Podcasts and Spotify.
1: And if you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and
0: Instagram at champion underscore cast. You can also email us any of your thoughts or questions at championcasters at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd like to give thanks to the following.
1: Shan Theobald for our logo artwork.
0: Adam Renro for our intro and outro music.
1: Joseph Tomlin for managing our social media. And Michael Ruiz for editing in our episodes. <laughs> and I have been your host, Michael Ruiz. You can find me at twitter.com at next underscore entry. And the video essays I write on my YouTube channel, Next Entry.
0: I have also been your host, Joseph Tomlin. You can find me at twitter.com and Instagram at joke Tomlin. That is J-O-U-K-T-O-M-L-I-N. Thanks again for listening, everyone.